Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Coifcast. As you'll be aware, you'll have read the title, you may have seen the thumbnail. Danny Maguire uh, is on the podcast today. What you're about to listen to uh, is about 50 minutes of uh, myself and the Casper Tigers assistant coach and obviously all-round Super League legend. It's a great chat. Hope you enjoy it. Do follow us on social media at the Coifcast to give any thoughts off the back of it and also to let us know which guests you'd like to see appear on the podcast in future. Just a couple of little notes before we crack on. First of all, a big shout out to Zach. We've shouted you out before, mate. Uh, a loyal listener of the podcast along with his dad, uh, we're told. Uh, he's co- he got Coach's Player of the Year uh, for Milford under eights, despite being just seven. That's a heck of an achievement. We've spoke before. A definite cast tiger of the future. That's for sure. Keep it up, Zach. And uh, from the Cast Tiger Supporters Club as well, their next event, uh, is at the jungle uh, on Tuesday, I believe, with a 7.30 start. And it actually is the Meet the Coaches event. So if you want to pick the brains of of Danny based off the podcast or anyone else, whether it be head coach Craig Lingard, Scott Morrell, or anyone else involved uh, in the coaching staff at the jungle, uh, do it down there. I believe they're accepting members, non-members. Uh, you can just head down there and, uh, and join in the festivities on the eve of the season. Without further ado... Myself, Danny Maguire, just under an hour. I think it's pretty good. Enjoy. So, uh, Danny, welcome to the Coifcast, mate. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on. Uh, how are you, pal? Yeah, good, mate. Really good. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, we just had a laugh before, didn't we? About um, probably never. <laughs> probably never thought when you started up the podcast that I'd be one of your guests but um, yeah pleasure to be on mate looking forward to to, to to the chat yeah I reckon if I'd have written a list of about well potential guests back in May <laughs> yeah. last year I don't know how far down the list that I got yeah. <laughs> but rugby league's a funny old game isn't it sometimes yeah, um, uh, I'll, I'll be found to do these kind of first few months as, as, as a Tiger probably seems, still seems a bit strange to say I'm sure but I know you've said before you live local you live among cast fans I think you Woodersford uh, you live around that area yeah, yeah. Um, so you've probably got used to the ribbon kind of over the years and all that kind of stuff has it been a weird one to kind of be on the other side of it um, yeah yeah. I'm not going to lie it has been a, a strange few months and um, but but if I'm really honest really enjoyable um, really enjoyable I've, I've enjoyed um I just enjoyed the journey so far. I think you know, starting starting with the boys, sort of, uh, sort of middle of middle of November, and um, and seeing the progression. Really, it's been it's been it's been really good, really enjoyable, and there's so many good people at cast that that want success and want things to work, and uh, and obviously the passion. You know, as as you said, but um, you know, I understand the passion and the commitment of the fans, and um, you know, I think there's there's been some real progress made in in this preseason and. I think now it's just about um, you know getting the season underway. I think everyone's excited for that, and um, you know I feel like the club's at the start of a, a new journey, really. And you know, I'm really, really pleased and privileged to to be part of part of the start of that. And um, you know, um, we see how things can go this year. Nice one, nice one. That's great to hear. And I'm probably going to pick your brain a little bit about kind of preseason, all that kind of stuff, a little bit later on. But um, I think we'll start by kind of going back a few years and kind of discussing. This journey you've kind of gone on to get to where you are now. Um, now, obviously, yeah, cast podcast, 90% of the people listening are diehard Tigers, diehard cast fans. So, you know, we're not going to go over kind of every time you, you broke my heart as a kid. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <man. laughs> but I will just rip a plaster off kind of straight away. So 
2017. That that yeah. grand final. Um, obviously, I was there. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've never watched it back. Can't watch it back. Whenever it comes up on grand final gold on Sky Sport, <laughs> turnover, all that kind of stuff. But I think the one thing we all remember, anyone who's in the ground, I watched it was your performance on the day. You obviously one of the great grand final performances, really. Where I think you've discussed this before, but where do you kind of rank that 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 win, that performance, kind of among your kind of many achievements in the game? Yeah, I mean it's right up there. If I'm honest, I just think just because of the the sort of surroundings that surrounded the game, really, it was my it was going to be my last game for Leeds, and obviously already signed to to go go and play at OKR, and um, and I just think just how good cast were that year as well. I think sort of um, they already had the, the sort of names written on the trophy, and, and rightly so, they were, they were the best team in the competition by a mile, and. Um, you know, and obviously we're going into the game massive favourites, but I think for me, um, I suppose that I really remember like there were obviously a couple of massive things that happened in the week. Yeah. Um, you know, and we obviously don't need to go over you know what happened with Zach, but I think what people don't realise as well is we had a massive, like Cass had a massive loss, and we got a huge gain. Stevie Ward dislocated his shoulder in the semi final. Yeah, and miraculous recovery to be able to play in the final. And, I think that just lifted lifted us as a team as well. We knew they'd lost one of their best players, but we kind of felt like we gained gained a player as well. So I think our mindset at that time was, you know, these everything's fallen into place for us, you know, and um, and obviously you still have to go out there and perform. And I think I think because we had a lot of boys that had played in finals and understood um, what it takes and how we need to play in in finals. I think we always felt quietly confident. Um, and obviously, you know, my performance, I, I just wanted to, I suppose, leave a, leave a stamp on my time at Leeds. And there's almost, always a bit of, like, I think we always got labelled together, the, the, the team that played together for so long. Yeah. You know, myself, Kev, Rob, Jamie Peacock, Kylie Lulalai. We always got banded together. We always, you know, as, as, a, as a squad, and I, I felt like I had an opportunity to, to kind of, and it might sound a bit weird. It might sound a bit selfish, but to actually claim some some spotlight on my own yeah. a little bit, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot today, and I think it just kind of played out for me. I, um, yeah, some things went our way. You know, obviously that last that's that last ditch tackle on Eden, and a try disallowed for Carson. There's loads of things that you need to go in your favour, and and it kind of just came off for us that day, and um, it's probably. It's probably the highlight of my career. I'd say it's it's probably most memorable moment, and um, you know, obviously against against you know your biggest rivals as well. And I always I always love playing against Cass. I always yeah. I always felt like it was a challenge, and I think that this is probably touching on your first question a little bit. Living local and living in Woodlesford, you get you get a fair bit of crossover. You do get a fair bit of Cass fans knocking about. So it was always always good for me to be able to go to to local supermarket or to local coffee shop knowing we'd. We'd done okay against Cass, but but like the previous sort of, I think it was eight, ten times. I think we'd lost, so um, we were kind of due a victory, but it just happened to be on on the biggest occasion as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you certainly grabbed that spotlight you were after, and we might forgive you for it one day. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, to be honest, it's really fitting we're doing this today, um, because obviously the fact you were so good in that final meant you won your second Harris Underland that day uh, and that night. And obviously, Super League have announced today that. Um, that award's going to be named after Rob. 
uh, in future years going well from this season, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's been. Uh, are you presenting the trophy as well? I think. Uh, um, well, I I agreed. I said obviously if we if we're there with with the Tigers, if we're uh, if we're there on the day, then obviously I won't be able to do it. But um, I think if available, myself and Kev have said we'd um, we'd be there to to kind of oversee it and. Um, and hopefully Rob, hopefully Rob as well. Hopefully he'll be still fighting and yeah. uh, being the warrior that he is, will we'll be will be around to be able to to present the, the obviously really prestigious award and the first one in his in his name as well. So it'll be um, you know really good occasion. Yeah, it's a shame you won't be available to do it. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I hope I'm not to be honest. With you. I really hope I'm not. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, just just kind of sum up your thought. I mean. To be honest, it's something I thought they should have done a while back. Uh, it kind of makes makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, but you, I mean, like you are literally, I mean, you and Kev are literally the perfect the perfect example of someone who can speak on it as someone who also won it two times uh, yeah. alongside Rob. But yeah, it just yeah, just what are your thoughts on them kind of like him getting that? It is such a deserved honour, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think you know sometimes there's there's different awards that you know go back to the sixties or whenever. I think the Harry Sunderland was first given and. And, yeah. I, and I'm all for history and heritage, and I think it's really important we never forget who's who's been there before us. And yeah. you know, I'm really passionate about that, you know, not just club but country and awards. And I think it's really important. But I think sometimes as well, um, you have to move forward. You have to look to the future, and you have to look to people that are doing special things in the game now. And um, and obviously what Rob's doing and fighting and uh, what he achieved in the game, I think it's really fitting. So you know, I think it's a really good time to be able to change it. Yeah, hundred percent. And obviously, we talk about rivalry and Castle driving and all that kind of stuff. It's completely just the way Sire and Rob is. It's an unbelievable thing, isn't it? In terms of, it's amazing how kind of the rugby community have all kind of come together, and especially in being a local lad to us as well. I mean, obviously, he yeah. terrorised us for so many years. Obviously, you and Rob uh, both kind of terrorised us for 10, 15 yeah. years. But you know, it it gets standing ovation if you do, if you just set foot on the ground. You know what I mean? At this point, it's uh, it's kind of a remarkable story, isn't it, Rob? So yeah, it's it's, it's an unbelievable to see him still fighting to this day, isn't it? Yeah, man, he's showing the character that he showed on the field, the toughness and all the challenges he had as a as a player um, with his size and his, I suppose his diminutive figure. He he always he always overcame that, and you know obviously he's the same now with his illness. And um, I know he's, I know he appreciates all the support that he's got from from rugby league. I think everybody's got behind him, but I, I think Cass were always his second team as well. He always had a soft spot for Cass, obviously being a local lad and. Um, you know, I think his dad, his dad, were from Leeds, so that's why he supported Leeds, and that that's the connection there. But I know his his family are staunch cast, so um, they were always definitely always his second team. Awesome, awesome. Uh, moving back onto you then a little bit. Obviously, you left Leeds on that kind of ultimate high uh, in twenty seventeen, but obviously you then finished up with a couple of years, a couple of years at KR. You said obviously that was kind of already done uh, before that final. You must I must admit, I think even myself, he probably did take a few by surprise. Uh, when you decided to actually move on from Leeds uh, at the end of the career, you kind of, I mean, you are literally my era growing up, you know what I mean? As a kid kind of watching you, you were, you were the man earlier in Super League and you were you were Mr Leeds Rhinos to, to a certain extent. So to not be that one club man was a little bit of a surprise, but uh, how did that how did that move kind of come about going into kind of 18 to a, to a place? Yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I always, like, I never had any intentions of going anywhere else. Like, I... I'd always like throughout my career. I, I just assumed I'd play for Leeds till I finished. Um, I'd have a job at the club, but I, 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 I honestly, I never thought about any, doing anything else uh, until the middle of 2017, or sort of early part. It was actually after um, 
cast stuffed us at, um, at, at Bender Hose. We put 60 on us early part of the season. I remember it well. I remember it well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried to erase that one from the memory, to be honest. Um, and I kind of knew something was going on then. My relationship with the coach, with Brian at the time, even though I was captain, um, probably wasn't the best. I had a fair few injuries the, the year before. And I just got a sense that it, it, something went right. And um, I remember I was out of contract. And I remember normally I were, I were never out of contract. Gary always used to come after yeah. two, with two years left. He'd give me two more years. And um, I kind of sensed something wasn't going on, but we're going on. But I knew I wanted to continue playing. And I knew I still had a fair bit to give. And I knew, you know, <laughs> you're a long time retired. You're a long time retired in this game. And I think you don't want to, you don't want to push it too far where you can't do your job, but I knew I still had a fair bit to give. So um, I had a few meetings with the club and um, basically they were trying to railroad me into a job um, at the club, um, saying that there weren't going to be any money around for playing. Um, so I kind of made my decision instantly that I was going to move on and, and find another opportunity, like within half an hour of that that original meeting. And, um, and I suppose that kind of gave me a little bit of, um, I don't even know what the word is, but I'm going to show you type of attitude yeah, yeah. for the rest of that year. And I think the next match, I ended up getting mad at the match and I thought, right, I'm going to stick it up you here. And like, not, not in a bad way, but I thought I'm going to prove to you that I've still got a bit left. And within a week, I'd signed a two-year deal at um, OKR. Jamie Peacock was there and yeah. came round and boom, it was done. It was done so quick. And um yeah, so that that was that was that really, and um, obviously then we obviously went on to win, win the final and and finish on the you know in the best way possible. I was looking at kind of those kind of two years at KR really today, and I think what people probably forget is that there were two tough years, weren't they? Uh, at KR, we we finished up. I think it was middle eight's first year, and then uh, pretty much that scrap with London, wasn't it, in twenty nineteen, towards the bottom, and obviously, I, I guess obviously in the position you are in now, that coaching is probably something you're always looking at. Uh, in the distance and I do wonder kind of after so much kind of prolonged kind of almost expected success at Leeds as well uh, over like 10-15 years where you're always near enough nailed on pro- uh, nailed on playoffs and I guess if you went a couple of years without a trophy that would probably a problem <laughs> at, yeah. the, at the top level do you think those two really tough years at the end of OKR probably will kind of help your development in, in the long run kind of dealing with players and situations yeah 100% honestly we're in a weird kind of way <laughs> Although it was like mega tough on the field and the challenges and um, everything that came with it, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. In a weird kind of way, well, like it was a bit more like I, I get the same feeling when I when I go down to to the jungle and it's like a bit old school and you know the facilities are sort of the best, but it's real. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like right, this is where you come to work hard. This is where you appreciate what you've got. And, um, and it was the same at KR. And I remember I didn't eat, I didn't have a I didn't have a locker when I first got there. I didn't have anywhere to sit, um, you know. And I, and I stood at the back. I just basically I just won a grand final. I've been captain in a grand final. Yeah. And I didn't have I didn't have a locker to sit down, and I thought, wow, this is this is proper back down to earth stuff, and mm. I, I enjoyed it. Um, there was a few stories that happened in my first week as well, which um, which which happened and um, and sort of settled me in a little bit and. Um, yeah, and it was good. It was tough. It was tough. I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't tough. The, the playing side of it was really tough, but yeah. I think I learned loads, learned, you know, learned loads that will benefit me going forward in my coaching as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, 
I think most of the listeners will probably assume that um, after those two years, you jumped straight into coaching or straight into the assistant coach role. But obviously, you didn't. Um, you went into kind of a head of recruitment role. Is that right to start with? Um, how did you kind of find that side of things? And I know it was only a year, but how did you find yeah. that side on the more recruitment side? Do you know what? It was really strange. I like KR were keen to keep me on after I was playing, and I suppose the role was kind of created. Um, I, I don't want to sound bad here, but at the, at the time, like. KR had loads of good people trying trying so hard to to improve things, but probably not doing it the right way. You know, um, Mike Smith, the CEO, were unbelievable. He, he was working all hours. Neil Ludgill were putting lots of money in, but I think um, there were no culture within the team. There were no. He wanted a great environment to be part of, um, and, I, and I think I suppose my challenge at that time was to try and bring be involved in bringing better people to the club. Um, you know, people that wanted to be there. It wasn't about it wasn't about money. It wasn't about a quick fix at the back end of the career and, and stealing a bit of a wage. It was about getting younger players that were hungry and want and, and had a point to prove. So I, I kind of set that task. And you know, first few signings were Dean Adley, Jez Litton from Hull FC. We got Mikey Lewis on a four-year contract. Uh, we got George King across. We got Rowan Milnes and Matty Thornton, who obviously Rowan's with us now. So just getting good people good people and then obviously Matt Parcell, Ryan Hall. Um, so it was just a matter of trying to to, to, to change things and I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I, obviously, I had a big influence on getting Tony in to coach as well. Um, he was out of, out of work at the minute and Tim Sheens was leaving so um, I got Tony in who obviously were really experienced and great CV, on you know, great coaching CV and um, so it was just, yeah, a, a chance to sort of change things and start from the bottom really and um, and obviously you know it's you know really I absolutely love my time at care loved it loved it and you know I, I wouldn't change a thing um, you know we obviously had a, a little bit of success towards the back end of it as well yeah absolutely I mean I'm, I'm hearing that from a kind of a biased cast point of view obviously we've kind of uh, cast tinted glasses kind of thing and so much of what you're saying there I know obviously you're in a different role and that's not the same kind of thing you're doing necessarily at our club now but so much of that sounds similar to what Cass are trying to do. Was that a bit of it? And we'll get onto Cass properly in a little bit, but yeah. a quick question first. Was that a little bit of the lure in terms of kind of being involved in a similar-ish kind of project in terms of things probably weren't going quite right, but perhaps as an opportunity to do, to kind of do a KR-style revival, I guess, at Cass? Yeah, 100%. I think the so many similarities to, to, to the start, but probably not in as bad a position as KR were right. at that point. I think I think these, you know, like cast support, loyalty, fan base, everything's there. Everything's there for, yeah. for a team that can be successful. And it's just, you, you've got to obviously marry that up with performances on field. And obviously last year weren't a great year. And I, I can't really speak about that because I weren't part of that. But I think there's been a definite change in mindset and mentality and, um, from top to bottom, to be honest with you, I think the the players that have been brought in this year are younger, hungrier, uh, still got a point to prove. Um, you know, I still think there's some a little bit of a way to go with regards recruitment. I think you know, I think we can still um, there's probably still a little bit more to be done there. But you know, some really good things happening in the juniors there. We've, we've got some, yeah. you know, we had a meeting, the pathways meeting yesterday, and there's some promising young players coming coming through. And you know, there's Fletcher Rooney there. There's so there's some some really good things happening, um, but it's just about bringing it all together and creating that competition and creating that environment where everyone um, 
you know, wants to come to work, wants to, you know, enjoys coming to work and and wants to represent the badge and do the badge justice. So, you know, I think we, we're doing a good job of that, you know, really enjoying what, what Linners and the coaching staff and everybody else are, are doing. And I think there's, you know, I hope you've seen in the, you know, especially the performance on Sunday, there's, there's a bit of spirit there. There's a bit of spirit within the boys. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, that's that's got to be a, a given every week. There's got to be that spirit every week that, you know, and the technical side of things we can we can work on and, and we can keep improving the players. But spirit should be there every week. It's, you know, it's a non-negotiable for me, that commitment to to the cause and that commitment for your mate. But, you know, we can keep working on the, the tactical and the, the skill side of things and keep trying to improve the lads. 100%. 100. Uh, just waiting back to kind of, yeah, 2020, we're in that role in, in the recruitment role. Clearly, you had some big success there. Uh, do you regret bringing Ryan all over? Because he's going to catch you, isn't he? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, do you know what? I, there's always an element of, like, I hope he don't score. Because that's just natural, <laughs> isn't it? You know, when, when you've got a record, yeah. um, you know, you, you want to keep it. And it, it's been nice to have it for so long. But, you know, he's one of my best mates. And if I had to lose it to anybody, it'd be, you know, I'd be happy to pass it over to, to Ryan and, you know, what he's achieved in the game and what he's done. And to be honest with you as well, wingers should always score more tries than, than halfbacks. So I can kind of, maybe if, if we added assists as well, I'd be well influenced. So, <laughs> um, you'll have to use that one now moving forward. So, um, but yeah, no, it's, um, he's been a great player for, for KR. You know, he's one that I'm really proud of, of assisting to try and get him on board. And, you know, he's been one of the best wingers the, the club's had in a long time. So, um, you know, he's still going strong as well. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, it's obviously after that year you moved into the assistant role uh, for a couple of years, obviously firstly with Tony, uh, then you kind of bridged the gap, didn't you? You had the interim gig uh, before Paul Willie Peters came in. Um, those kind of two years then, I mean, it's a big question, this don't get me wrong, but like, what, what has that kind of taught you about coaching at kind of that high-end kind of Super League level? Is it, is it more difficult? Is it, is it easier than you thought? Is it pretty much what you expected? I mean, I know you've obviously had the interim head coach role for I think it was 10 games in between yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, what what kind of lessons have you kind of uh, if you kind of been taught in that time? You know what, learn a lot, learn a lot, and I've been been lucky. Like obviously Tony, Tony's CV and and, and the way he treats his coaches is, and you know the amount of learning that I did in them couple of years with Tony was, um, as a young coach, it's you know you can't you can't replicate that. It's it's, it's unbelievable learning, and um, if I'm honest with you, my, my initial instinct was not to coach. If I'm honest. Right. I'd seen what the I'd seen what the assistant coaches had to do and commitment and time and you know working on you know previewing the opposition and seeing the amount of hours they spent with the heads in a laptop. It, it, it was something that I didn't uh, initially feel like you know I wanted to do. Um, but then I did a little bit of coaching with the scholars at KR and the academy, and I just found out that that's where I want to be. I enjoy being on the field. I enjoy giving, trying to give something back, and. Um, and got got the buzz for it really. So yeah, I learned loads in my first, especially my first year with, with Tony. We're really like, um, what's the word? Just just go and express yourselves, and mm. you know, I'm, I'm not going to stop you doing anything coaching wise. And, uh, and it we really learned loads. And then towards the back end of it, um, relationship soured a little bit before he moved on. And um, I, yeah, and I, I was still doing the recruitment alongside it, so it was kind of. You know, it was a bit tricky to be honest. It probably yeah. wasn't the best best way to do things, but I was only ever trying to do my best for the club, and um, that sort of 
didn't finish on my best note, really. I was a bit disappointed with how that finished. And obviously, Tony then moved on. And I was thrown in at the at the deep end and, and took charge um, took charge for the 10 games and learned so much Yeah, in, in a short space of time. I learned that head coaching is just not about coach. In the coaching, right. there's so many more things that come alongside it. You know, working with, obviously, media commitments and welfare stuff and sponsorship stuff. It's just... It's 24-7. It really is. And recruitment and managers and all sorts going on that can't take your eye off what's important and, you know, what, what is coaching the team. So um, that definitely sort of, you know, put, I realised that I wasn't ready as well. So I realised I wasn't ready for a head coach. I realised I still had loads more learning to do and I wanted to do my apprenticeship the right way and learn and, and, and make mistakes. Um, so that's... You know, that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm still enjoying what I'm doing. And yeah. you know, I really enjoyed the last year with, with KR, obviously, getting to a final and learning loads off a coach who, you know, had NRL experience. So, you know, I feel like I'm in a, a really good position and, you know, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing now alongside, you know, really an experienced coach in Linners as well. So, you know, I feel like it's standing me in good stead for, you know, if there ever is an opportunity further down the line for me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, like I say, your time at KR ended last year. Um, I mean, you don't have to go into any detail if it's private or anything like that, kind of how it came about. But it, I mean, it did take most people by by surprise, really, when it, when it kind of it kind of came to a head at the end of last year. Like, is there anything you kind of can tell us about kind of what went on there? I know it's probably yeah. You um, I, I'm always I always try to be as honest as possible, and um, I I thought I wanted I thought I was going to be at Ulka for a long time. I set my sights on being part of a journey for a long time, and. I had zero intention of, of leaving. Uh, I, still, I still was in contract. Um, but things happening, things happen in sport and um, they, they, they decided they wanted to go a different direction. Um, and I wasn't part of the plans going forward, even though I'd be kind of told I was going to be part of the plans for a fair bit. So, um, but, you know, like I say, I, I ain't got a bad word to say about the club, but, you know, the, the supporters, the players, everybody involved. Um and to be honest with you, it's you know it's been a bit of a blessing. I'm really really enjoying what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um. You know I'm I'm getting up excited every morning, loving going to work, loving to loving working with the players that we've got at Cass. Um. Enjoying the challenge, enjoying the challenge of, you know, starting again and 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 trying to you know trying to to do something good. So um, yeah, it's been been really enjoyable. But that chapter's closed at Care now, and you know I'm looking forward to the next one. Nice one, nice one. Yeah, just moving on to the start of this chapter, really. Obviously, the cash job was available uh, around that kind of time. And I think pretty much within about 24 hours of the press reporting that, that Danny Ward wasn't going to take the gig, um, your name started to get thrown around just pretty instantly, to be fair. And I think, obviously, at the time, from a cast fan perspective, we all just kind of put two and two together and got five and assumed that you were going to be head coach when you came in. I think it was just the yeah. obvious kind of... Uh, thing to leap to. I mean, you've, we've kind of already stumbled upon this anyway, to be fair, but obviously you've, you've discussed about it, you just don't feel kind of ready for it, which I think is really interesting. I just think, what are the kind of things you really feel you need to kind of add to that repertoire? Is it just literally just kind of years in the tank or is it actual like little bits and pieces that you really think you need to add to that repertoire before you kind of take on that um, big gig? Yeah, yeah, that is a good question. I think, I'm not sure. I just think you'll know. I just think you'll know when you're ready. Um and I want to, you know, when if I, you know, I might not, I might not get a head coach's job. I might be, might be an assistant for, you know, I might be just one of them people that's a, a good assistant. You know, I'm not too sure what's what's ahead for me there. But 
I know I enjoy coaching. I know I enjoy working with players. I know I enjoy relationships and, and building them. And, um, you know, I, I just think, I just felt like I, I wanted to do it right. And if I ever do take a job, I want to be in a position where every box is ticked and there'll be no excuses if it don't work. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't really want to speak too much about that out of respect to, to Linners. I think he's earned the opportunity there. And, you know, my job now is to, to be a supportive and, um, and there as much as possible, as much as needed. And, you know, I think our experiences are very different, but they marry up well together. You know, Linus has had to do it the, the hard way. He's had to do it part, do everything part time, working alongside. And I've got so much respect for, for yeah. somebody that's done that. You know, I've, to be honest with you, I've been fed with a silver spoon. I've, I've got everything done for me at Leeds. And, um, you know, I, but, but my experience of then going to KR and, um, you know, doing things a little bit differently. And, and obviously now at Cass, I'm, um, you know, I'm enjoying that and enjoying that change. And, um, you know, I think, our combination along with the other staff, along with Scott Morello, who's a great young coach. Um, you know, I think we're in we're in a really good place to 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 help the lads improve and help the lads challenge and be committed every week. Nice one. I, I want to ask that question in terms of nothing that not being ready things. I think I think it's really refreshing to be fair. I think it doesn't happen all that often. Is obviously you are I mean you are obviously a bona fide Super League legend, top try score, all that kind of stuff. You've got the kind of stature and reputation within the game. I think you look at other sports as well where it doesn't necessarily work I was thinking earlier obviously in football you Stephen Gerrard's Frank Lampard's Wayne Rooney's whatever they can yeah. probably they can probably step into gigs because of who they are and you see how that goes sometimes <laughs> and it, yeah. it can go the other way because they probably don't do it when they are ready so I actually think it's really kind of a, a really refreshing approach from you to just kind of go actually no as you say every box needs to be ticked and I actually need to be fully on board and as you say no excuses when you eventually do take that leap I yeah think. And, and, and that's just I suppose my mentality I think yeah if I know that I've I've done my time I've, I've earned the opportunity and you know there's some great great coaches in, in in rugby league and some more qualified you know people for certain jobs and I think you know I'm I'm still still a little bit wet behind the ears regards coaching I've still got a lot to learn and you know I've still got loads of mistakes to make and that and I think um I think it's only right that you do it that way. You know, I think yeah. sometimes if you jump too quick and, you know, one of the best examples is, you know, somebody maybe like Kieran Cunningham, legend at yeah. St. Helens, one of the best players ever played, such a nice guy. You know, one of the, he's got a statue outside and I don't, you know, I don't know for certain, but I know he don't go back to St. Helens much and, right. you know, that's horrific for such a good person and a good player. So, um, I think if you do it, do the hard yards and, earn the opportunity then and it, it don't work out and you're not a very good head coach you can take it on the chin a little bit more yeah yeah 100 no like i say it's really refreshing to hear that and so obviously there you are uh assistant coach at the tigers obviously on the linners as you said and scott morell discussed him a little bit already but kind of uh linners came on just for christmas kind of mentioned it a little bit himself but how does that kind of a kind of trio work uh between you guys what is what is the kind of balance between you three guys when you when you're out there on the paddock or yeah. meetings or whatever it might be we have lots of fun, I'm not gonna lie. Scott Morell's a character, and I think I think the dynamics of the group's really good. <clears throat> I think you need you need these moments in, in you know, sometimes coaching can be challenging and if things aren't going to plan, you need people that can I suppose make moments a bit lighthearted and have a bit of fun. And you know, I think it's really important that you enjoy, you know, being in your environment. And that's not just the players, that has to be that has to be the staff as well. And 
Moses not only a good young up and coming coach, he's, he's a good character as well. Um, he's got a different personality to myself and and, and Linus. Um, and I think obviously, you know, I, I really enjoy on field contact. I really enjoy working with the players and and even jumping in drills and showing showing them how to out trying to show them how to do it and lacing the boots back up. I really enjoy that side of things and and obviously, you know, Linus is, is experienced. He, he's more. Um, more sort of managerial role, overseeing things and, and making sure things are, are smooth and dealing with things off field. And you know, I think it's just a really nice sort of blend of how, we, how we've got things working at the minute. And um, I think we're all enjoying what we're doing. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, I think that's key. Like I said, that enjoyment, that fun factor is obviously uh, it's obviously massive in it in in a, in a season as well where you know we're not not necessarily expected to be kind of trophy contenders and that kind of thing. It's probably they probably are going to be tough moments, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Down the stretch, I think having that. That camaraderie and that fun, uh, where you can find that, and maybe even some of the darker moments later on. That's that's obviously massive, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, you've got to enjoy what you do. If you if you're not, to, you know, if you're turning up on a morning and um, you're not in the right frame of mind, you're not happy, then you're not going to deliver the right things for the players, and yeah, and they're going to they they pick, you know players are clever, they pick up on things. So I think having a having a harmonious environment in the coaching office is probably more important, if I'm honest, more important than the players, you know. I feel like the group's getting on really well. I think I feel like the connection between the players is really strong, but you know, it's really important that the the coaches back that up as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Talking about kind of pre-season, kind of generally, obviously we're pretty much at the end now, about a week and a half before the Wigan game. Uh, I think a few people have mentioned already in kind of little press bits and interviews. So Linus himself, that obviously it's been tough, but ultimately it's been it's been good and a good way to go into the season. Um, in preparation for this, I, I listened to a. Um, an interview you did with James Jones Buchanan a few years back, uh, where you were you were walking up those those hills in, in Roundy Park, which Roundy was absolutely Park, yeah. just, absolutely disgusting. <laughs> so, but you talked about the importance uh, of those those pre seasons and your kind of title winning seasons at Leeds and all that kind of stuff, and just how important it is to get those first few months right, basically. And I think again, I know you don't want to speak for the previous regime, but it's been kind of said that pre season last year the club probably didn't get it right. Um, yeah, just how how important have you made it as a priority to make sure that these last few months have been as perfect for the for the players and whatever as as possible? And have we managed to do that? Do you think? I, I think preseason has been really strong, and I just think like I, I almost see it like when you you're building you're building a house and it, your preseasons, your foundations, your preseasons, your your concrete and your steel frame or you know whatever that keeps your house up. And I think without that. Without a strong preseason, without hard work, without um, pushing yourself to the limits, then you know I'm not real sure you can you can do you can gather on that in, in season when you need it when there's a tough moment in season, middle of the season, back end of the season when you're really needed and you need to draw upon that that toughness that hard work then you know that's what preseason's about for me and to be honest with you we've really pushed the players um, you know I think the SNC staff have been outstanding Wicks and Martin Clawson and all the physios and because we've challenged them, we've you know we've worked them hard, and um, you know again I I don't really want to comment too much on last year, and um, but I know it was a bit interrupted last year. I know the the coaches were away with England and Samoa, and I think they felt a little bit um, underdone. There's no excuses this year. There's no excuses. They've worked hard, um, and working hard doesn't necessarily mean or guarantee good performances results. That hard work's got to be maintained and continue throughout the season. So, 
although we, we're really happy with what we've done with the players, we're going to continue to push them throughout the year as well. We're not just going to put the queue in the rack and say, right, we'll you know we'll just play game to game. You know, we're going to. I think the important thing is what I learned a lot at KR last year was even challenging the players early part of the week, um, not just going through the motions. And I think that were a real one of the real reasons why Rovers last year were strong because. They never let the foot off the gas and yeah, something I've learned and something we're going to try and drive this year with Cass is that, you know, it's, st- it's still in season. We're still going to push the players and, um, you know, keep them accountable for everything. Yeah, I think it's interesting you say, obviously, kind of early in the week stuff, but I think even early season, which is what obviously what Linus has kind of said in press as well, is obviously in, in other situations perhaps where you've got maybe a slightly better chance of kind of coming in top three or whatever it might be, you might try and, peak at a certain moment or try and hit playoffs at a certain point but we don't really have that kind of pressure I suppose do we so he's talked about kind of really hitting kind of week one with full pelt uh, is that very much the mindset across the board? Yeah 100% I think we <laughs> there's no bigger challenges there I think the champions at That's home, one of my future questions yeah not <laughs> around one game I won't, yeah. I won't go there but I think yeah we, we just wanted to be I think the friendlies have been important um, I think the friendlies like they've you know Linus was speaking about it today at the sponsors event and They've all served a purpose for us. I think the first friendly we scored some unbelievable tries. We we played some really exciting, uh, you know, really exciting brand of, of rugby. And then London was sketchy, if I'm honest. Um, I went home after the London game, and I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit worried. I think we were worried a little bit. Um, a lot of reasons, you know, that probably, but it was almost like a bit of a leveler for us. It, it brought us back down to earth and realised there was still a fair bit to work on. And then we had a really tough good, gritty performance against a good team in Huddersfield. So it's kind of been, you know, everything that we wanted out of pre-season, especially the games. Um, and I think we're in a nice position to attack the first game now. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, when you kind of first came in, like day one, uh, back in October, November, when it was what, whenever it was, I mean, I, I, everyone did. So you must have had some kind of like preconception about the group, about the squad. Mm. Obviously a lot of young, kind of inexperienced lads in there. And I mean, you 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 only telling that all, all the press, all the pundits have already written us off, and they're coming yeah. might might beat London, but going to come eleven for that kind of thing. Fast forward, kind of the three months, having kind of spent this preseason with them, seeing them in three friendlies. What do you now kind of see in this group of players that you might not have even known much about some of them uh, beforehand? For example, have have any in particular like really surprised you, and how how much more kind of optimistic are you about the group than you maybe were when you walked in? Um, do you know what? I tried not to have any. Conceptions before I went in, um, I I played against a fair fair amount of the players. I played with a few of the players, coached a few of the players, so I didn't go into it to it blind. Um, you know, obviously Linus and and Scotty had already been there, so they had a good understanding of things. And um, I, I just yeah, I, I don't suppose I I was sh- I wasn't shocked because you know there's some some talented players in that squad and you know some good experienced players. I think. Um, you know, Maka, Westy, Watsy, um, Jacob Miller, they've drawn standards in pre-season. They've been as good as anybody. Uh, and then the younger players that have come in, the new recruits, um, have all stepped up to the plate as well. So, you know, I think it's just a really nice mix. Obviously, we've got some overseas boys that are, are wanting to come over and, and make a name for themselves as well. You know, somebody that's really impressed me, Charbel Tassapali, he's been really, really strong in pre-season. I didn't know anything about Charles before I got there. Um you know, Ellie, Ellie Elzakim had a really, really strong game at the weekend. Um, we're still yet to see, you know, Sylvester Namo. So there's there's lots of good things happening. And, you know, Jace Gary Gary for me, 
is a player. Sam Hall's a player. Local boys come through the system and you know, it's really important that we try and sort of maintain and keep them and you know they've got so much potential going forward. I think they just need need a little bit of time and a little bit of love and a little bit of attention and you know they could be players of the future. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I say, I think we've got that interesting kind of mix, haven't we? We've got all these kind of younger lads who could, could be something like I say a lot, a lot to prove. But as you say, I mean, it's kind of the buzzword, isn't it? It's, it's those three: it's Maka, Westy, and Watsy that are there. As you say, kind of driving standards. I mean. Uh, Maka in particular has really kind of stood out to me in, in the two previous friends, especially. He looks sharp. He looks yeah. m- probably even a bit fitter than he was last year, to be fair, before he um, offset his injury. Uh, how important is, is Maka going to be? Obviously, he'll, obviously it's his testimonial year and all that. Obviously, emotion one on Sunday. Uh, and obviously, Maka's someone you'll know well, obviously. In terms yeah. of how, how high do you rate Maka as a player and how big do you think he's going to be this season for us? I think he's, he's huge. Yeah, he's going to be massive. I think if, if we're to have a successful season, you know, Mac's going to be at the heart of it. He'll be at the heart of everything. And, you know, he's one of my best pals. Obviously, we've known each other a long time. We played together when when he was a youngster. And, um, you know, you could just see the potential there. You could see the potential. And um, he was probably going to take a little bit of time to uh, develop and, and find his, find himself a little bit. And he had to do it the hard way. He had to go out to Wakefield. But, yeah. obviously, his coming of age was when, you know, obviously, he teamed up with Pauli. And it were, it were like a match made in heaven, really. And, um I think um, you know, he's been such a great player for, for the club and you know, I think we've got, myself and him, have got a lot, lot of respect for each other. I think if, if I ask him to do something, he, he'll, he'll go and do it. And I think because we've kind of been in the trenches together a little bit as, a, as, yeah. as players together, I think there's that, obviously there's always that respect there. There's always that that bond there. So, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to, to light it up this year. I think he's really determined to do that and um, yeah, I don't see any reason... Uh, touch wood if he stays fit that he won't be back to some of his you know his form a couple of years back that's great to hear it's great to hear obviously you're one of Super League's great halfbacks it'd be a miss of me to not talk to you about halfbacks um, funnily enough again I was listening to that interview you did with JJB and um, you mentioned about kind of getting a bit of one-on-one time with the halfbacks at KR at the time coming through in kind of 2019-2020 um, you did actually name check a, a young Mikey Lewis, which turns out turned into a great shout. Because <laughs> obviously he's a fantastic player now. Um, you also made the good point as well about kind of specialist coaching, which I thought was really interesting. Now, I'm an NFL yeah. fan, for example, so I understand they have receiver coaches, cornerback yeah, coach yeah. kind of stuff rather than that. Um, have you really been able to kind of get into these these three half packs we've got? And can you t- can you kind of tell us a little bit about each and kind of what you've seen over the last? Two, three months, particularly Rowan as well, because obviously as cast fans, yeah. we've seen Danny and uh, and Jacob, but maybe not so much Rowan. Yeah, no, I, just touching on the specialised coaching, I think, I think it's it's really important. I think it's so hard though. Like obviously, we don't have the finances in in rugby league to yeah. to employ a for, you know a forwards coach, a back rowers coach, a centres. You know, we we just don't <laughs> have the. So I think you have to, yeah, you know, you have to cover a few areas as a coach, but. Certainly, that like the halfback stuff, spending time with your generals and being able to, you know, I'd like to think I've been in their shoes a fair bit and understanding situations and sort of discussing things and moments and, you know, why you make these decisions and sort of revisiting it and, and trying to help them understand things. So, you know, I've really, really enjoyed working with, with all, the, all the spine. I think we are blessed. I think we've got a really, really strong spine a nine, a 13 with lots of experience. And then, you know, I, I really believe in Jacob Miller. I know last year he, he, um, he had a tough year and, um, 
that probably didn't go to plan for himself. But I think he's been really strong in the friendlies. You know, yeah, I think he's been really strong. He's he's assisting. You know, I'm still going to encourage him to run the ball. I want him to set the line on. Um, and I think if he has some strike around him, he can be a real player this year. And um, you know, I, I, to me, he looks like he's he's confident. He looks like he's enjoying himself. So um, you know, and obviously Danny Rich has had a tough um, tough couple of years with injuries. But there's no getting away from the fact that he's a talented player. He's a good kid. I've really enjoyed our chats. Um, he's a smart player, really smart player. He's level-headed. He's got a bit of, um, what's the word? I don't want to say arrogance, but a bit of, um, you know, a bit of swagger, which I yeah, like. Yeah, 100%. Like. I really like that. I think it's important in a halfback. And, and Rowan's just, you know, Rowan's a Rolls-Royce. You know, I think we're going to see the best of Rowan in the next, you know, this year, next year, year after, I think he's going to really mature into, you know, one of the best halfbacks in the competition. He's, you know, he's probably going to take a little bit more time. He's obviously lucky at the minute. He's he's injured, but um, so much percent, so much potential. Such a good kid, wants to improve. Um, really, really down to earth and and just just a nice kid. And I think there's a really good mix of um, of players within the squad that um, are challenging each other. So. I'm really enjoying working with with that bunch. Yeah, hundred percent. And just one other player as well. Not halfback, but but a fullback. Uh, based off the Huddersfield performance as well, I thought he was superb on Sunday. Uh, Luke Hawley. Yeah. Uh, at the back, obviously, again, had, had a bit of a, a rough time of it last year. Really, didn't he? Kind of going leads. I think he played eight times. Maybe just didn't quite work out for him. Spent a bit of time with with Linus back at Batley, I suppose. But he's he looked great for me. Yeah, I think he, yeah. he could. And you'll you'll know yourself. I think Cass. Since, since Zach, really, back in 17, we've probably not had that fullback consistently. Uh, obviously, yeah. we had Niall for a bit, but he, had, he was quite injury-prone. and yeah. it, It's kind of there for, it's kind of there for the taking, isn't it? That kind of one shirt for the next few years. Yeah, 100%. And I think he, he made a brave decision to, 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 you know, he was at Leeds. He, he potentially could have stayed, but I think he, he realised that he wanted to go play. And, you know, and he's, he's actually grabbed it with both hands. He's, again... Love working with Hulls. He, he works hard. He, he he wants to improve. He asks questions, um, and that's a that's a that's a dream as a coach, a player that wants to get better and ask questions. And um, he's very talented. You know, he's got a really nice kicking game. He's smart. He understands the game. And I think again, he's he's only scratching the surface of where he where he can get to. Um, so I know we were a bit frustrated with some things at Leeds last year, but uh, you know, hopefully we can we can get the best out of him. And then we've got young Fletchers biting his ankles, waiting for his opportunity as well. And, you know, he could be anything. He, he looks really special. And again, nice kid, wants to get better, you know, ask questions and, um, you know, he's, he's definitely one for the future. That's great. That's great. As we kind of alluded to earlier, um, a nice easy game up first, Wigan. Uh, <laughs> Wigan Dark Lane. Is it good to have that kind of biggest possible challenge right away, do you think? Would you rather a slightly less high-profile game? Um, good just to get straight into it. It's a tough one. I, to be honest with you, probably it is the hardest, hardest one in it. So maybe a bit of an easier task at home would have been nice to just, yeah. to, you know. But it is what it is, you know. And we've known, we've known that's the task for a while now. And we've been prepping. We've been watching Wigan. You know, we watched the friendly from from Hull, which you know they put forty on Hull. So you know the formidable act. You got to look at the squad. Yeah. You look down. You keep going past twenty to twenty one to twenty two to twenty three twenty four and. You know, I think, you know, Luke Thompson's like twenty four or something, and yeah, he's in exactly. England. He's an England front rower, and you're like, wow, they're, they're pretty stacked. They've got a good squad, great players. But I think, 
we just got to see it as an opportunity. Um, it might be a good time to to, to catch them. They obviously got the you know the World Cup challenge the week after. Yeah. Um, but I think for us, it's more about getting our um, looking after our house, if that makes sense, and making sure we're in order and you know our plan and our our tactics and and what we want to try and achieve in the game. We go out and and do that, and I think that's all we can kind of control. Really, it's you know we're not going to get much of a read on Wigan and what they're going to do with with only one prep game. So it's more about ourselves and and doing uh, doing what we we know we need to do to get a, a good performance and effort based stuff and uh, being nice and clinical when we get opportunities. So, um, but yeah, it's a good challenge. You know, um, give us an idea of where we're at straight away. Um, but um, yeah, we we're excited and um, you know taking on the best team in the comp. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be tough, but I think as well, if you're ever going to play them at any point, obviously you're playing round one, probably going to be nine, if not 10,000 down there, pretty much a full house down the jungle. You'll know yourself, weird things can happen in that ground, <laughs> particularly when it's full, particularly when the atmosphere is on top yeah, of no, it. And that's, I think that's a real key point, what you're saying there. I think that's going to be huge for us this year with regards to some of our, uh, I suppose, inexperience and yeah. um, you know some of our younger players. I think, what can really help us is is the support of of the fans and the the noise and the I suppose the, you know it's an intimidating place it's a tough place to come a lot of you know just speaking from experience a lot of teams use can I can we go to Castle Castleford and play well can we adapt to I don't want to sound bad but change rooms that are small and cramped a crowd that's on top of here and um, you know, pretty ferocious. Can can we go play well there? And you know, I'm speaking from Rovers last year. They used it as a benchmark to their like mentality, and you know that beating Cass away was as good as beating St. Helens away. So mm. I think um, that's the challenge for us as well. That's going to happen every week. So you know, we need to find a way to be able to overcome that. And um, you know, teams are going to come every week wanting to win and. You know we've got to find a way to overcome that and, and make make the the jungle a bit of a, a bit of a fortress for ourselves. And I think the the fans can play a big part in that for us. I'm sure I know the answer to the question anyway. But how intimidated were you, or did you absolutely love it? <laughs> I, I loved it. I've got. I'm not gonna lie. I remember one of the first conversations I had with Willie Peters when he was when he got um, when he got the job, and he was asking me why KR struggle at Wakefield and Cass, and and I was just saying I think it's like sometimes you're almost beat before you get there and you know some of the players will whinge about you know the 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 facilities and stuff and and I I used to see it as a right I used to think right this is the right challenge can can I go play well when things are not perfect for me when I can't do my stretches that I need to do when you know when I can't get a massage or there's not enough space in the change rooms to do what I need to do can I still go play well and I used to see it as a challenge me I used to love it um and I used to love the atmosphere and the banter from the fans and you know some players really struggle some players struggle with that but um I kind of used to try and I used to kind of thrive on it I don't know if that sounds a bit weird but um oh. used to enjoy and obviously always nice to be able to go to the court the next morning with a smile on my face as well <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely um like I say it's gonna be well literally will be the first time there might be 10,000 down there you might walk across the pitch with Linners and you might even get a clap. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure you will. Um, just to kind of wrap things up, and this has been brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, no, I enjoyed it. Again, coaches, particularly coaches, don't like to put um, kind of numbers on it, and you don't have to, and you shouldn't do really. But 
in terms of what would be a successful 2024, I know it's that cliche question, but mm. it's one I should ask. What defines uh, a successful 2024 season for Cass for you? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I've been asked it a fair few times, and I think I, I suppose it's not labeling a position or you know where we'd like to be, but I, I just think it's improvement. We want to see improvement. We want to see uh, commitment and improvement. And if if we have um, if we have that every week, if we have that commitment every week, and you see players getting better and 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 getting challenged and fixing things that they've maybe not so been you know, maybe not being so good at that the previous week. Um, then not everything else will take care of itself. There's, you know, there's some good teams in the competition. There's some strong teams in the competition, and you know, you'd have to be a rocket scientist to see Wigan, St. Helens, yeah, um, Catalans. You know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that they're going to be up near the top of the competition. Um, but I think there's some opportunity, you know, around that mid-table if if you're brave and if you. Um, if you're lucky with injuries, um, if you're committed, that there's an opportunity there. There's, you know, there's some teams that, you know, I won't name any names, but some teams that uh, are probably be a bit nervy after pre-season. So, you know, we've got to go take that. We've got to go take that opportunity and and challenge every week. And um, you know, I'm sure we can give a good account of ourselves. So, you know, that's what we'll be challenging the players to do. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I guess the final question then would like looking even a little bit beyond uh, the season if we can, because that's the thing. I think everyone at the club, from obviously I've had uh, Matt Gratton on and um, Danny Wilson and obviously Lyndon himself have talked about this kind of, perhaps not this season, but this is actually something looking ahead to kind of maybe like second year, third year, that kind of thing. Similar yeah. to what KR did, essentially, when you were there. Obviously today, uh, we had some positive news, i.e. the ground and yeah. things like that. Uh, is that kind of coming through, do you think, uh, at the ground or within the group in terms of actually something's really building here and it might not necessarily, as you say, it might not necessarily all come to fruition this year, but also it doesn't need to, but it is this real sense that actually no, across the board, off field, on field, we are actually just starting to get kind of go in that right direction. And in two, three years time, we might be nearer where we want to be. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's, a, there's always got to be a long-term plan. There's always got to be a plan of two, three years down the line, four years down the line. And, academy and you know what players are we looking to promote from within and outside recruitment and facilities and new training facilities that's always that's ongoing but I think it's really important to live in the now as well you know it's, it's okay saying oh we've you know we're all right we'll be all right we're going to be a good team in three years no 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 we're going to be a good team now as well we're going to challenge now we're going to play well next week we're going to play well the week after but people behind the scenes are making plans and putting things in place for further down the line as well. Uh, as coaches, you know, we live week to week. We ain't got much time to think about, you know, we ain't got much time to think about two years down the line. That'll take care of itself. But, you know, there's some smart people within the club that, are, you know, Danny Wilson's working hard behind the scenes and uh, obviously the, the ground and everything that's going on behind the scenes is is really promising. But we're working in the, we're working in the now, we're working in the Friday where we're planning a really good session on Friday to put us in the best possible shape for for Wigan. So um, I think it's just getting that balance between the now and and the future, and um, you know making sure that um, there's an understanding that it's going to take a little bit of time. But we're not, you know, we're not too focused. We're focused on the future, but we're focused on the now as well. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. 
I think that's just about what I've got time for. And that's that's been brilliant. As I said, probably not the guest I ever expected to have on this podcast <laughs> a few months ago, but um, you've been absolutely brilliant, mate. Thank, thank you so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it, mate. Thanks for the chat. Enjoyed it. So there we have it. Thank you so much to everyone uh, who's taking the time to listen to the podcast today. Uh, cast fans, I bet there's a few rhinos as well that might have snuck onto this podcast and a few general belief fans as well. Do stick around. We've got plenty more content coming up uh there's actually a pretty special episode coming up very very soon in fact we're going double bubble uh this week so stick around for that um but yeah thank you so much for the support so far it's been fantastic i've loved this episode as well i hope you have uh as i said at the top of the show do follow us on social media at the kaifcast let us know any comments um about this particular episode or any more and again if there's anyone in particular you want to hear from on the podcast do let us know In the meantime, we'll see you next time and coif.